0: We thought it would be an amazing thing to have some of our godly moms, some of the moms that God has given to this church family as gifts to us, uh, to have them come and share the message this morning. So we have three of just the best sisters in Christ that God has uh, brought to grace and peace uh, coming to share. So I'm going to invite them now, Diane Anderschak, Karen Gimple, and Cynthia Shofflett. They are going to tag team the message this morning.
1: well we are very happy to be come on over here ladies we are very happy to be here with you this morning and to be able to share and it is quite an honor to be able to share with you on mother's day and on behalf of all three of us we want to say thank you to pastor jim wherever he went (laughs) and um and giving us this opportunity to share with you from from this pulpit that you use all the time so we are grateful that you have given us this opportunity and how fun it is to do with our friends and fellow warriors in christ so girls do you know why a computer is so smart because it listens to its motherboard
2: So Do you know what the fastest land mammal is? It's a three-year-old when it's asked, what do you have in your mouth? And hey, I would even say, do you guys know
0: what a momster is? No. Momster. A momster is what mom turns into after she counts, one, two, three.
1: Well, I just want to say, I'm not, I don't want to be too cheesy, but you are great moms. So, the title of today's message is The Struggle is Real Life, Love, and Legacy. And we have chosen a scripture, all three of us together, from Deuteronomy 7 9, and it says, Remember that the Lord your God is the only God, and that he is faithful. He will keep his covenants and show his covenant love to a thousand generations of those who love him and obey his commands. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are awesome, and we thank you for all the moms on Mother's Day, and I pray that you just bless this service, and I pray that you would anoint every word that falls off this uh, platform today, that it would penetrate hearts in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, happy Mother's Day, and my mom is watching from Florida online, so hi, Mom, happy Mother's Day. I always wanted to do that. (laughs) So my section of life, love, and legacy is the life part. Doing life as a mom, it is no easy task. And can I hear an amen from all the moms? Okay, whether you're a new mom, a seasoned mom, or not a mom at all, you can learn life principles from what we say today. So I pray that this applies to you. First of all, I am a mother of four kids, they're wonderful, and they have grown into great adults. Of course, I might be a little biased on that, but you can give me that one today. Um, Two of them are married, and we love their spouses as well, and it has been a privilege for my husband and me to be our kids' parents, and to be given the greatest honor by god to have this opportunity to pour into their lives as they've been growing and i realize that there are a variety of circumstances in people's lives regarding their mothers or being a mother or not being a mother and everyone's situation is not always pleasant and we can afford we cannot afford to live in that place of regret of shame Or unforgiveness sometimes though we need a little help getting past our past and I I just want to let you know of a ministry that our church has it's called revealed and revealed is the ladies group that did the latest fellowship for the women and um, they teach women how to get wholeness in Christ and how to gain hope for change and encourage women in their significance and i just want to put that out there because nobody's asked me to say this today but i want you to know that this ministry exists because it's there for us to tap into so you can find it online it's on our website and if your story is along this line i want you to know that you should not despair because as the novelist says Allison Noel our past may shape us but it does not define who we become and I don't know if she's a Christian or not but or whether she knows this is a godly principle but this is a biblical principle and some of the most amazing testimonies come from people who have been raised in difficult situations only to turn around and become champions of godliness with eternal purpose. So we are living in a time when it is so important to lay those weights down at the feet of Jesus, and that is the first fill-in. Lay those weights down at the feet of Jesus. When we need, we need to allow him to renew us, to melt away those things that pull us back and allow God to bring restoration into our lives. It takes a lot of work, it takes dedication, and it takes a lot of reading the Word of God. For example, out of my husband Jim and my parents, only one of them came from a Christian home. The other three grew up in ungodly homes and even dealt with abuses. But somewhere along the line, each one of them made a decision to follow Jesus. They were determined to change their family tree. And what, when they made that decision, they didn't know what it would look like three generations later. They just knew that they wanted a godly life for themselves and eventually their family but it says right in the 10 commandments in exodus 25 and 6 do not bow down to any idol or worship it because i am the lord your god and i will not tolerate it i bring punishment on those who hate me and on their descendants down to the third and fourth generation but i show my love to thousands of generations of those who love me and obey my laws and our kids grandparents started the thousand generation love of God being poured out because they did their best to obey God. Jim and I chose to follow in that path and we tried to raise our kids in a godly household and now it is up to our kids to pick up the torch and carry it on to the next generation. One thing is for sure there is not one perfect parent. To, and it does not take per- perfect parents to raise children correctly. Lord knows we have made our mistakes in raising our kids, but some, some people take the, the problems of their parents and they project it on who God is. And we must learn what God is like and let him become the foundation to move forward. And that is what our parents did. It is really only by the grace of God that any of us represent him well. Okay, your next fill-in. In In order to raise kids well, it takes the intentional pursuit of values rooted in the Bible. It's the intentional pursuit of values rooted in the Bible. When we steward biblical principles, it has a profound impact on our children and others around us. Psalm 78, five and six says he instructed our ancestors to teach his laws to their children so that the next generation might learn them and in turn should tell their children. This is called discipleship. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. My husband and I took Jesus seriously when he said the Great Commission in Matthew 28, make them my disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. Along with taking this to the world, it begins in our homes first. The next fill-in. We each are called to a journey to... To follow Jesus and be his disciples as we grow in knowing him more and trusting him we connect with others along the journey and begin to look more and more like Jesus to those around us and these steps are steps in becoming a disciple it begins with Jesus working within ourselves and even as we are learning from him we can guide others Somehow in God's amazingness, he can manage to shape us while he's shaping those around us. As parents, it was very important for us to train our children in the way they should go, and it is part of life for us. When I learned something new, I shared it with my kids, and they were so excited in the revelation that I had learned, and my kids got to experience that with me. And this is discipling one day my parent as parents hopefully we can release our kids into their destiny that god has for them and we recognize that each child is unique and has different gifts and strengths as they yield those things to the lord he will use them even though <coughs> excuse me even though i had godly parents who taught me well after having children of my own it was that was when I started learning about my Heavenly Father in a way that I never knew before and that is your next fill-in. Learn about your Heavenly Father in a way you did not know him before. I have to say I am a better person today because of my kids. Being a mother has taught me deeper truths about selflessness, giving, acts of service, how my Heavenly Father loves me, and even how to have regular devotions when my own heart exploded with the love for those dear children's that God entrusted me with into our care it ushered me into a whole new level with God whether we demonstrate this to, to our kids or those around us we want to, people to know how alive God is <clears throat> and that is your next fill-in demonstrate how alive god is we want to show how active god is in our lives it's important to reveal how god is to our kids and how we can do that but how can we do that if we don't know that for ourselves the this question caused me to plunge into learning more about god to pursue answers to who I am in Christ, what authority do I have as a believer, and how can I hear God's voice, and many other questions. These are areas that caused me to grow as a disciple of Jesus, and it causes us to learn more about him. This is when the struggle becomes real, though because now we are taking intentional steps in shaping hearts and minds and values for eternal impact. And this is about the time when the devil starts giving a pushback. So my next fill-in says, we must learn to fight spiritual battles. Your family may be hanging in the balance, and it is up to us to learn this vital skill. This is no easy task, but this is when God brings us beyond ourselves because he specializes in the impossible. We have to—we have been given heaven's treasures and given an assignment to build something of eternal significance, whether it is to train up a child in the way he should go or for us to dig in with our hand to the plow for the kingdom of God. The next fill-in. We are to fan the flame of God wherever you are. Fan the flame of what God has put in your children's heart at whatever stage they are at. Or fan the flame of what God is doing in the midst of his people. Wherever you see the flame of God moving, fan the flame. To sum it up, regardless of all our backgrounds, a perfect, generous, kind and loving father is now raising us we all whether with wonderful or horrible upbringings are responsible to have our history recalibrated by walking with the father who is perfect in every way and we become disciples of jesus and pour that out onto everyone we come into contact with amen and thank you
2: Well, happy Mother's Day, all you moms. So do you know what mom spells upside down? Wow, and that's who you are, moms. It, life is challenging raising children, but I'm blessed to be the mother of two children, and I have my, my my mother still living. She'll be here at next service, and she just turned 93 this week, so praise God for that. So. So I'm sharing today about how God has given moms this high calling to guide their children in the love of God all through his amazing grace. Being a mom is an absolutely daunting task in the midst of so many challenges and the struggle is real. Uh, Because each child is so unique and I say God works miracles in our midst when many times we have no idea what we're doing. All glory to God and we just thank him for his great love that is expressed in our children through us. He loves and sees our children through an eternal perspective that we don't have, so we have to trust him that he is continually working all things out together for good, and we thank almighty God that he is so much greater than any of our parenting skills. So to begin with, it's so important that our children know how much God loves them as they are. Their lives matter to him and he has good plans of a future and a hope for our children and for us as well. So many people have no idea that they matter to God and that there's a God who loves them and has purposes for their lives. Moms and many others can guide a child's heart in the love and purposes of God and this sets them on a firm foundation for life's uh, life's path where they can have confidence in especially knowing God's word answers the big questions in life that they need answers for. They need to know where they came from, why they are here, and where they are going. That is all that gives us such great strength and purposes in our life. And God's love is so multifaceted. But the root of God's love is that he desires a relationship with the precious people he has made. He demonstrated his great love for all mankind when the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life to save us from our sins so we could have a relationship with him. God is love and his love is the highest good and the highest value of every person and God's love never fails. As mothers, God desires us to lead our children to know the Lord and His ways and to share about the wonders of Him along life's way. As um, I believe as we are doing life with our children, much more is caught than taught. Our actions speak love in so many ways. So it is vital for our children to understand how important they are to God that they are made by God and made for God, and we are on life's path with God. Uh, to equip children for life's journey, God desires mothers to shepherd the hearts of their children through his love, as he is continually shepherd them, as he is the perfect parent and the great shepherd. Um, uh, watching over their heart in Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. The heart is the most important thing of our child. And the foundation of the high value of every child and person comes from knowing that each one is lovingly created by God himself in his image. No one is an accident. No one is a random act. God's truth dispels the lie from false teaching that people evolved from mud or whatever. The lie has caused so much confusion and worthlessness in people's values and identities. The foundational truth is stated in God's word in Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Wow, that's a really big deal. God states it three times in one short verse that he created them. God creates in love, and when he creates them in the image of himself, he created them male and female. God creates all of us so absolutely unique, one-of-a-kind fingerprints we each have, one-of-a-kind DNA, and the very hairs of our head are numbered by Almighty God. The knowledge of this intimacy that God has with each person will do great things for the value and image and confidence of who they are to understand they were made by God on purpose. Many in the world do not value life like God does, but tend to tear down the value and worth of people whom God made. It's so great for our children at any age to know their great worth and value is because God created them in his image and loves them so much. King David magnify this truth with exuberance in Psalm 139, 13, 16. Here's David crying out to God saying, "'You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. "'You knit me together in my mother's womb. "'Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. "'Your workmanship is marvelous. "'How well I know it. "'You watched me as I was being formed "'in my utter seclusion, "'as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Wow, every day of our lives and our children's lives is rooted in God's book. God wants us to view our life's journey as every day God has already purposed in his book. Every day has meaning and purposes for us and our children as we walk with God. For God's ways to be leading our families along life's path, we so need God's directions to know his heart and desires so they can become our heart's desires so we know what is pleasing in his sight. Colossians 1.10 says, so we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God's word helps us take our steps in life helps us purpose our life for him as he shows us the path of life from his perspective. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand there's pleasures forevermore. Teaching our children that they are always in God's presence, that they don't walk this life alone gives them such confidence. And 1 John 4 9 says, In this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. God has many different paths for all of us and our children, but it is in Christ that we live and move and have our being. As moms encouraging our children to know how much their life matters to God, as so important. All of our lives in the Lord are such meaningful lives because we bless God, we bless others, and it, our lives here on earth matter for all eternity. 1 Timothy 4, 8 says, Godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that that now is and that which is to come. The Lord wants us to see life through God's word, giving healthy boundary lines. We all flourish with healthy boundary lines to live our life strong and secure in him. We could view God's boundary lines as spiritual guardrails to help us avoid the troubles that we surely don't want our children to encounter. Uh, Psalm 16:6 6 says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Well, boundary lines are pleasant places to help guard our children from life's pitfalls and guide them in their life choices. Well, our children are in the midst of so many ungodly choices, and that is where the battle is real. They are inundated through the media influences and peer pressure to conform to this world. What our children view with their eyes and who they hang out with has the greatest influence in how their hearts are shaped. God gives us two scriptures here just to testify to what God says. Uh, Psalm 119.37 says, Here's like a prayer, turn my eyes away from worthless things, preserve my life according to your word. And Proverbs 13, 20 says, one who walks with wise people will be wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Just these two scriptures will be great boundaries to bless our children's lives and Proverbs in general is such a wealth of God's wisdom. So I know that moms know the importance of the home atmosphere. As moms sets the uh, home, uh, the tone of their home, moms make a home a safe place from the world's storms and turmoils. Proverbs 31:26 says that she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. The root of kindness is love, and the root of love is God. Moms establishing the law of love and kindness in their homes starts with her tongue. It is her words that speak the love of God that creates the law in her household. And sometimes love has to be tough love because hard things happen in life. Just like God's love corrects his children, a mother's love corrects because she looks out for the highest good of her child. Proverbs 27.5 says, better is an open reprimand of loving correction than love that is hidden. Love that is hidden is not saying the hard words that actually will help our children. But mostly God teaches us to speak the truth in love and build up our children. I think one of the best things we can do is be our child's greatest cheerleader. God has given moms a wonderful place in guiding a child's heart, in loving our children with God's love and value and leading them in his ways. For us moms in leading our children, we all need to trust him with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths so god's word is beautiful boundaries and directions for our life and god wants our our children to be raised in the lord and then his picture is for the next generations to be raised in the lord deuteronomy 7 9 says therefore know that the lord your god he is god the faithful god who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands so praise god for his word and now diane's going to speak about legacy
0: Thanks, Thank you, hi everybody, happy Mother's Day. I brought my bag of tricks. I have to see which, here we go, because I am dry, excuse me. Okay, um, thank you Pastor Jim for having me and having us. Um, I just want to wanna talk to you guys about legacy, but first again, mention my mom. My mom uh, is a member at Grace and Peace. She comes at the 10 o'clock service. She'll be 86 this year. Um, So, and I don't think she was in the room yesterday when we were talking about me speaking this morning. So I think she's gonna be very surprised. (laughs) Um, But thanks to Cynthia and Karen. And um, I just love ministering with them and, just being part of their lives, um, you know, as friends and moms and uh, sisters in Christ. Um, So legacy, what is it? What isn't it? How do we get it? And what do we do with it when we get it? From a mother's perspective, from God's perspective? So we'll go over some of those things uh, in the next few minutes, very few minutes. Um, Psalm 112, too, says that God's descendants will be mighty on earth, that the generation of the upright will be blessed. This tells us that God's descendants or the descendants of a righteous man will be strong and blessed. Another version says that the children of a righteous man will be mighty or strong on earth. Worldly legacy focuses on money and possessions and assets, but God's definition of legacy is very different. God is the ultimate legacy lever. He's left Jesus as our legacy. He's given Jesus to us to give us godly legacy. And the Bible mentions leaving an inheritance to children and your grandchildren. The message through the Old and New Testament regards legacy, regarding legacy, has to do with passing on material things as well as spiritual things. Um, it has to do with passing on that deep cultural heritage. If we think back to the Jewish people and the Israelites, they were always talking to their children about God and what God did. They built altars of remembrance so that when they passed by those, those stone altars, those, those pillars, the cairns, um, they would be able, their children, they would want their children to ask them, you know, what are those there for? And they would be able to remind their children of what God did in the past for them. Um, And they were able to tell God, tell their children about their godly legacy, tell what God did, all the miracles that he did and everything that he was able to do for them. Proverbs 13 talks about the inheritance of God. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So we can leave things to our children and our grandchildren as we pass on. It speaks of material things in that verse, but it also, I believe, talks about the spiritual legacy. Malachi 2a, 215a talks about children, has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does one God seek? The godly offspring, which speaks to God's desire for children to be godly, for us to be godly and to raise our children in a godly way, just like Cynthia and Karen have already instructed us. Romans 8, 17 talks about us. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This speaks to us as believers. We are heirs, we're recipients of that legacy. We're co-heirs with Christ because Christ is our legacy. And he also gave us legacy. That spiritual legacy is about our relationships with the Lord. Um, Those rich stories from the past that we bring into the present as we walk with Jesus and it's something we give to the future as we pass them on. So let me ask you, what comes to mind when I mention these people? Your first thoughts. Adolf Hitler. Mother Teresa. Vladimir Putin and Billy Graham. These people have or are impacting others during their lifetime, and they're leaving an impression for those who hear their stories, some good, some bad. They created legacy whether they intended to or not, and so are we, whether we intend to or not. So why not choose to leave a legacy that counts for eternity? Legacy comes down to what we share with others, We share stories, we share memories, but most of all, time together. The stories we have can dredge up bad times, but when we combine them with the good that God has done in and through us, we find that they can impact our lives for eternity. Your spiritual legacy is like a baton. Like this baton, even while you're alive. This baton is the baton of membership here at Grace and Peace. And if you're a member, you get one. It has etched on it. I am running with the vision. I am a grace and peace covenant member, 1 Corinthians nine twenty-four, And that verse talks about running the race the best you can for the prize that you get at the end. It's a reminder of the vision that God gave Pastor Jim and all of our pastors as a body of believers for us to run our race and gain the prize, and then we pass it on. As we run our race, anybody can grab onto this baton and run with it. They can run with it now, and long after our portion of the race is over. Don and I keep this one on our our fireplace mantle. It sticks out a bit because of its color and its shiny, but it reminds us that we're all in. We're all in with God, and we're all in with our church family. Our legacy, and I'm just gonna put this here so I don't whack anything. Our legacy as mothers and grandmothers, as dads and granddads, whoever you are, whatever your role is in life, our legacy is as a mentor and a coach if we're Christians because we're running a race of life and we have discipleship as part of our mandate. What we do affects those around us. We heard before that Um, the, The teachings that we give our children are caught sometimes more than they're taught because they watch us, they see us. So what we do affects others because we're all part of one body. We're all one piece, like a link in a chain. And we pass on godly legacy. As long as this chain is, we can each become one of those links and we can pass on that legacy. Many of us can add to the legacy of just one person as we live our lives, as we spread the news of Jesus, as we love others. But for us as Christians, and we have to get this, that it's not just about creating legacy for the sake of legacy itself. Our lives should be about living as the righteousness of God in Christ. The best way we can live for those around us. That'll automatically leave legacy. Our legacy stems from the love of God in us, the hope of his calling that's on us, and we become carriers of those things, of his love and of that hope. Donna and I have three grandchildren, uh, five-year-old Emmett, three-year-old Eva, and two-month-old... Eleanor, and now we get to pass on legacy to them. Sometimes we didn't do things all correctly, as we heard as parents, because we were learning how to parent. Nobody gives you a manual, right, when you have a baby? They don't give you a class to take or a a test to pass. They just say, nope, here's your baby, now go parent. But all of those responsibilities and those tasks that raising a helpless human being entails requires us to think about what we're doing. But there are no tests or classes to pass. Why not? Because parents leave a legacy. Children learn from their parents, good or bad, right or wrong. We all learn and hopefully they are still there and others are around us along the way so that we can still tap into that um, with our grandchildren every time we say goodbye to them we say different phrases um, actually the same phrase for each one to Emmett, we always tell him put your arms up you are strong and courageous to eva we tell her she's more precious than rubies and now since we've been saying that to them since they're babies, now when we say to them, you are, they finish the phrase for us. They know. And they just realized recently that rubies were actually very valuable gems. So now they both want to be more precious than rubies. But we want part of our legacy for them to remind them of who they are in Christ. I want to call them who God calls them. I want to inspire their God-given dreams just like Paul did through the New Testament. He frequently taught those in his charge how his faith motivated and directed him to seek God for the purposes that God had ordained for him. We can encourage others to do the same in our family, our friends, and even in our church body no matter where we are in life, just like Paul did. He wrote in Philippians 3.12. Not that I have already obtained all of this, all already have, or already have arrived, because none of us have already arrived at the goal, but we press on, we take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul mentions his encouragements in, 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 uh, in Ephesians and Timothy as well. He encourages others to seek God and stir up their gifts and to, to find the faith to carry out their mission. As we focus our lives on Jesus, we need to remember that God has a divine design for each and every one of us, mothers and everyone else. We may not know no mm, we may not know what it is yet, but it's there yet to be uncovered. Ephesians 2:10 says that we're God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God ordained for us before. He prepared them in advance for us to do them. Your good works are different from mine, mine are different from yours, but we're all a link in the chain, and we make up one chain, a chain of legacy leavers and Christ followers. Our legacy can be as simple as living our lives to enrich the lives of others around us, or it it can be as intense as bringing down the glory of God from heaven to earth. We can do this in the present for the future and into eternity. Either way, it says we would be living a life as carriers of God's presence. One of our life's goals should be to pursue and apprehend the very purpose that God created us for. If we live apart from knowing and carrying out God's purposes, it ends up as foolishness to God, and it has no eternal weight or glory attached to it. But by pursuing and apprehending His presence and purposes, those around us will see God in us and... That will be part of our legacy to them. They'll notice something different. God sent Jesus to reconcile the world to himself so that Jesus could live in us and carry out the purposes and the will of God. And we have a responsibility as believers to walk that out for him. As we do, our legacy is created. Living in the reality of God's presence will help us live as those in Hebrews 11 did, the hall of faith. They focused on following God, and their legacy followed them. They didn't think about legacy. They didn't write up a five-point plan, how to enable it. No, they just lived as God's followers. They had faith in God, and they took, God took care of the rest. Because the word says in Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And that's one of the rewards of legacy, seeking him. I'm looking at the time. Um, just a couple things that I wanna share with you. I have read about a rabbi um, who had a, an interesting quote. He said, a person can live 120 years and leave no legacy as if he never existed, or he can build a monument to himself as he focuses only on his legacy but it will only matter to the pigeons after he's gone. However, he goes on to say, a person can die young or old and be eternal in life. And that's the legacy that's left behind. So what are we pressing on toward? We need to know what God has for us before we can pass it on to others. Has God given you a word in prayer? Has he given you a word through somebody else? value it, treasure it and write it out, pray it and use it as weapons of warfare when the enemy tries to take you out. If you don't have a word from God, then start with the promises of God. You can Google promises of God and print out an entire list. There's what, over 7,000, I was gonna ask Pastor Ralph, 7,000 promises in the Bible just for us. Surely we can find one or two just to apply to ourselves. Are you a new mom or dad? do you know a new christian those are prime opportunities for mentoring and coaching others you mentor your own children and spiritual children when you're born again everyone on the planet has uh has been put here for more than just themselves we are here as the body of christ because we have this hope in us this passion to see the effect of righteousness on multiple generations in the earth today that's the legacy of righteousness and hope is the atmosphere that releases those promises of God to redefine what we see with our eyes. It helps us to create those things that be not as though they were. Godly legacies have the power of God's word behind them to propel them into the future. How have others' legacies shaped your life? You can have invaluable treasure chests filled with legacy or old beat-up luggage of legacy. Either way, it speaks to you, and it also speaks through you to others. As believers, we have to chew on the meat and spit out the bones. In other words, we have to keep the good and leave the bad. Ephesians 4 says to put, on the, put off the old self, renew your mind, and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what will we leave as our legacy? What we're building right now, should it still be being built? Are we building something that we need to stop building? Are we building precious things for the treasure chest or negative things for an old beat-up luggage? We get to choose what we build. And when we build rightly, God rewards us. God is a restorer, and we learn and grow from the mistakes that we make as parents, as Christians, as human beings. He loves using people that make mistakes. He has done it all throughout the Bible. Just remember that you are the light of the world, and that light, when it lights up, it lights up a whole house. It lights up your whole job. It lights up your whole community. So let that light shine so that it will glorify your God in heaven and others will be amazed and they will glorify God. That's legacy. So if you wanna find God's purposes for your life, if you wanna carry his presence with you, if you wanna pass on legacy to those around you, or if you have a dream in God, we want you to come up today, we wanna pray with you if there's something in you that wants more of God so that you become a carrier of his presence and a legacy lever, we want you to come up. So I want to ask you right now, I'll ask Karen and Cynthia to come up here. If you would like prayer, we can ask the prayer teams to come forward. We can ask um, those that are prayer folks to come out. If you want prayer, we'd be happy to pray with you. Okay, so I just want to leave you with the word that God wants you to live out your life in him in Christ so be a legacy leaver be a god follower and a Jesus carrier in the name of Jesus thank you amen, amen. thank you ladies you just uh, leaving our hearts full today you all shared so much gold with us here today we're so grateful for it